From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Graham VK4BB and it is the WIA National News. This edition for week commencing June 29, 2014. In a note from Fred VK3ADC, he says, ACMA have advised the amateur radio licence fee has been increased to $74. The fee increase is indexed and rises about a dollar every year or so. Variation to licence fee remains at $49. Seven News TV report a secret World War II base in northern Victoria here in Australia has resumed Morse code radio communication with the world after more than 70 silent years. The restored flying boat museum at Lake Boga, near Swan Hill in northwest Victoria, was the home of the number one flying boat repair depot during World War II. Hidden from aerial view with bomb-proof walls is a communications bunker. It's been restored and put on air by Thomas, Victor Kilo 3 Echo Oscar, complete with wartime receivers and smaller transmitters. Dropping in at the time of the recent TV news interview was Gene Willocks, a wartime radio operator who tried the key for the first time since the war. Thomas VK3EO also teaches youngsters about Morse code and what went on in secrecy and describes the whole experience as being like magic. Whale Radio. Port Ferry and VK3 are about to have a radio station on FM devoted entirely to the area's whale population. Seems a local businessman is anchoring a microphone underwater in the bay to bring the sounds live to riveted listeners. The level of interest in portable operation from would-be operators has seen them register for the free masterclass, Portable, that will be run by Amateur Radio Victoria in less than three weeks. Now, to attend the Saturday, July 19 Masterclass, Portable, aimed strictly at would-be portable operators, requires an RSVP to attend. Contact Tony Hamling, Victor Kilo 3 vth at amateurradio.com.au. Meantime, next Sunday, July the 6th, the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award Grand Slam plaque is due to be presented to Peter Freeman, VK3PF, at Churchill in Victoria. Homebrewers to meet in VK3 and the next meeting of the Homebrew Constructors Group is Saturday, July 5 at Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. The monthly meeting on July the 5th starts at 2pm and all are welcome. Inquiries can be sent to homebrew at amateurradio.com.au. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. The 9cm amateur band at 3,300 to 3,600 MHz may be in danger of losing some segments following a review of arrangements in the 3,400 to 3,600 MHz band just announced by the Australian Communications and Media Authority. The ACMA is seeking comments on possible future licensing arrangements in the 3.5 gig band, set out in its consultation paper titled Transitioning the 3.5 gig band for Future Opportunities. At present... 3400 to 3600 MHz has various segments allocated to primary users through a mix of apparatus and spectrum licences. Amateur use of 3300 to 3600 MHz is on a secondary basis. The ACMA says that use of the 3400 to 3600 MHz band overseas appears to be changing, and this is starting to put pressure on current Australian allocations. 
As applications for microwave communications technology is changing, a clear picture is yet to emerge of future applications in Australia. According to its website, quote, The ACMA's response to the complexity and growing pressures associated with the 3.5 gig band is to look at implementing a new arrangement that will maximise the band's future flexibility. End of quote. The WIA is compiling a submission to respond to the ACMA's consultation paper and to that end is seeking input from all interested Australian amateurs which can be mailed or faxed to the National Office or sent by email to reach us by or before the close of business Monday 21st July. The WIA also encourages all interested Australian amateurs to send your own submissions to the ACMA which need to reach it by Wednesday 30th of July. We have a news item on the WIA website where you can download the ACMA's discussion paper. Another review where we need your help is a review put on by the IPS. Again, here's Roger. The discussion paper has been released by the Ionospheric Prediction Service as the first step in what could be a wide-ranging review of the service. The Ionospheric Prediction Service, or IPS, it is more commonly referred to, is the Division of Australia's Bureau of Meteorology, the Weather Bureau. Being part of the Bureau makes sense because much of the work of IPS has to do with space weather, the activity of the sun, the solar wind and its interactions with the Earth's magnetic field and the ionosphere. The terms of reference for the review include the following. A review of the policy basis for the Bureau's space weather services an analysis and international benchmarking comparison of the Bureau's space weather services and use of observations and infrastructure, including their current status, performance and impact, scope, manner of delivery and adequacy of capabilities and resourcing to deliver the surface. Evaluation of the extent to which the Bureau's space weather services meet user needs, especially those of significant user groups and high-impact users. Assessment of the strategic outlook over five to ten years for space weather services in Australian, regional and global settings and, in light of the first three items, provide advice on the capabilities required to meet the future challenges. Comment on the potential for cost recovery of space weather services and, last of all, provide recommendations based on the above analyses, assessments and evaluations. The WIA encourages radio amateurs to lodge a submission to the review, especially if you use IPS services. Explaining how the free IPS service provided to public radio users aids your communications activities. You can download a copy of the discussion paper from the homepage of www.ips.gov.au or via the news item on the WIA website homepage. As an item of disclosure, yours truly worked for IPS during the 1970s for seven years. Okay, go to the website. Get cracking. Responses are required by the 4th of July. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. What use is an F-call? Today I was unable to run my weekly net from my QTH, so I plan to run my station portable. Last night I put my battery pack in the boot of my car, put the mag mount on the roof, screwed in the antenna and folded it over so I wouldn't damage it when I drove out of the garage in the morning. I also put my radio, a Yasu 857D, on the passenger seat, ran the power cord from the boot to the front seat, plugged the antenna lead in and added my logbook. 
This morning, I drove out of the garage, stuck my antenna up, plugged in the power, and made a test transmission, only to see the SWR go through the roof. I wasn't sure what was going on, so I checked the antenna connector, all solid, checked the mag mount on the roof, unscrewed the antenna and screwed it back in again. Another test transmission, another high SWR, and no repeater beep acknowledging my existence. I checked on the local aviation beacon, but couldn't hear it. I went back into the garage, pulled out another mag mount, plugged that in, had to hunt for an adapter cable to get from BNC to PL259 and tested that. Still no go. I moved my radio to another location during the week and wondered if I'd damaged it in transit. Pulled out my second radio, another 857D, unplugged that in its place. Still no luck. I reversed back into the garage ten minutes before my net was due, getting pretty frantic. Then plugged in my QDH base station antenna. Still no go, on either radio. I then remembered I had a handheld, so packed up the other radios, wound up the antenna leads, pulled off the mag mounts and went to find a nearby hill capable of elevating me to the point where my handheld could make it into the local repeater. I started the net on time, but lots of stress and hurry was involved. While doing the nets, an 857D still sitting on the passenger seat, I turned it over to look at the antenna connectors. There's two, one for HF and 6 metres, and one for UHF and VHF. The HF antenna has a PL259 connector on it. The UHF-VHF connector has an N-type. If you've been paying attention, you now know what I did wrong. If not, the high SWR was reading where the antenna length is close to zero, that is, the state where you don't have an antenna plugged in at all. Dope. In my haste, I'd plugged in my UHF-VHF antenna into the HF port. No workies. I did the net on my handheld. Not ideal, but workable. Next time, I'll take a little bit more time in preparation. I'm also going to have to think about making the terminations of my antenna leads correct for the radio. That is, PL259 for HF and N-type for 2 and 77. You live and learn. I'm on Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. International news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. 27 MHz SSB legal from the 27th of June. Ofcom in the UK have announced amendments to the wireless telegraphy licence regulations that will enable 27 MHz SSB citizens band operation with 12 watts PEP from June 27, 2014. Auckland Unitary Plan Submission Auckland Council's plan basically stipulates all amateur radio antennas would be subjected to a restricted discretionary resource consent. This is upwards of $5,000 every time an antenna change is contemplated. But check this fact out. For instance, if I was a Kiwi yachty and wanted to mount a VHF marine whip on the barge board of my house, I can do it as of right. But if as a radio amateur I want to put an almost identical 2 metre whip on my barge board, I have to get a resource consent. NZART has consequently put in a rather comprehensive submission to try to achieve permitted status for a range of amateur configurations. Auckland, with nearly a third of all amateurs in NZ, if it wins this case, it's probable that it will become the template for most other districts as they review their district plans in the future. Good luck, NZART. VK5's astronaut Andy Thomas has retired to his Texas ranch after 22 years with NASA and four months living in zero gravity on the Mir space station. Recently, Dr Thomas VK5 Mike India Romeo has been leading design teams whose projects included a return visit to the moon and a first visit to Mars. 
His 40-acre ranch property in central Texas is where he would eventually live with his astronaut wife, Shannon Walker, who is still in the NASA program and hoping for at least one more flight. Chinese site in Signal Jamisting that could pay record $34.9 million FCC fine. Network World report that a Chinese electronics vendor accused of selling signal jammers to US consumers could end up leading the market in one dubious measure, the largest fine ever imposed by the Federal Communications Commission. The agency wants to fine CTS Technology $34.9 million US dollars for allegedly marketing jammers. The proposed fine, which would be bigger than any the FCC has levied for anti-competitive behaviour, non-airing of children's shows or a wardrobe malfunction, comes from adding up the maximum fines for each model of the jammer the company allegedly sold in the United States. The agency also ordered CTS, based in Shenzhen, China, to identify the buyer of each jammer it sold in the US. Reactivation of abandoned NASA space probe Ham Radio has assisted in reactivating an over-three-decade-old NASA satellite. Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather Emby, KB3TZD reports. The UK newspaper The Daily Mail says that several radio amateurs were involved with Project Reboot, which regained control of the 35-year-old abandoned International Sun-Earth Explorer 3 spacecraft on May 29th. Hams named in the article include Dennis Wingo, KD4ETA, H. Volhart, DH2VA, and Mario Lawrence, DL5MLO. As the conflict between the Ukraine and Russia continues, the Southgate News reports that a pair of CW stations have appeared on the higher HF bands, claiming to operate from Donetsk and promoting a separatist People's Republic of Donetsk or Noyo Russia. The call signs D0A and 1C4M are believed to be two operators on the same transmitter. However, the call signs are invalid and do not count for anything in ham radio terms. And there is also some doubt that the stations are really in Donetsk, but instead may be operating from somewhere in Kazakhstan. The ARRL has announced there is to be no change to the XCC status of the Crimea area, and the annexation does not lend Crimea status as a new DXCC entity. The awards committee concluded that a QSL with a call sign issued by Ukraine and showing the entity name as Ukraine counts as a Ukraine, while a QSL with a call sign issued by Russia and showing the entity name as Russia counts as Russia. A QSL that satisfies neither condition does not count for either entity, the committee said. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix VK, 4FUQ, Dateline 2014-2015. SGA RS80 Media Trophy Contest, July 26. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day ADRD Contest, August 16 and 17. Manly Warringah Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September 20. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, 9 days from September 28. 2015, Tableland's Radio Group will again hold AMNCW on Anzac Day, 25 April. Now to news of special event stations, DX Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. And first off, it is to the high country. 2014, Burgong High Plains Winter Mini Expedition. Victoria's annual Burgong High Plains Winter Mini Expedition will occur from the 31st of July to the 4th of August this year. The team will include VK3 Golf Tango, 
VK3 Foxtrot Mike Alpha Whiskey and VK3 Sierra November, who will operate from 160 metres to 70 centimetres and everything in between using solar-powered QRP gear. Each day, we will ski across snowy plains situated 1,700 metres above sea level and set up camp by evening for radio operation. Listen out for us, especially on 40 metres during the late afternoon and also 80 metres each evening. Local VHF and UHF repeaters will be utilised while we traverse backcountry mobile. Here's now hoping for some decent snowfalls. Staying with hams out and about this time, it's to Paul VK5PAS, the coordinator in Australia for the WWFF program. Do you enjoy the great outdoors and travelling to beautiful locations all around Australia whilst combining the hobby of amateur radio? If you answered yes, then the Worldwide Flora and Fauna program will certainly be of interest to you. The Worldwide Flora and Fauna program, abbreviated as WWFF, is an international award program which encourages portable operation from designated nature parks and protected nature areas around the world. There are currently 39 participating countries from Europe, North America, South America, Africa, Asia and Oceania. In Australia, the program is known as VKFF, Australian Flora and Fauna. The qualifying parks of the VKFF program are national parks. And there is certainly no shortage of options, with over 730 national parks on the VKFF list. Award certificates are issued to activators, those operating portable from national parks, hunters, those making contact with activators, and shortwave listeners. Two recent VKFF awards have been created. The VKFF DX Hunter Certificate encourages Australian operators to make contact with overseas activators, whilst the VKFF Worked All Australia Certificate is offered to amateurs who make contact with WWFF activators from all Australian states and territories. The WWFF program is extremely popular in Europe, as some VK operators have recently found out. Tony VK3VTH and Peter VK3ZPF have been working many a pile up into Europe from Victorian national parks. And it is also pleasing to see that many summits on the air operators are now combining SOTA activations with WWFF activations. For more information on the WWFF program, please have a look at the Australian WWFF website, which can be located at www.australia.com That's www.australia.com Thanks for listening. I'm Paul, VK5 Papa Alpha Sierra, the coordinator in Australia for the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program. Thanks, Paul. Now, six metre enthusiasts who need Granada for their DXCC should keep a lookout for J38DR between now and the 1st of July. The operator is W9DR and he will be QRV on 5115 SSB and 5115.6 CW. Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone Disputes Increase Amateur Band Intrusions The conflict between Russia and Ukraine has spilled over into the high frequency allocations assigned by the International Telecommunications Union to Amateur Radio, with many military signals being reported. The International Amateur Radio Union Region 1 monitoring system has detected encrypted messages on 20 metres from the Ukraine.
while military-type transmissions on 40 metres are Russian. In other conflict areas of Iraq and surrounding nations, the ongoing military activity in the South China Sea and associated broadcast jamming is a further hotspot. More intrusions on our bands may be observed by military communications including cluster beacons, number or letter stations and long-range radar. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Falling within both special interest groups and operational news is news from the International Lighthouse Weekend. And the prestigious 300th registration goes to the lightship Columbia WLV604, operated by the Sunset Empire Amateur Radio Club, Whiskey 7 Bravo Uniform. W7BU will be heard from the lightship's radio room. Now at Astoria, in the state of Oregon, it once guarded the Columbia River Bar before being replaced by a lighthouse in 1979. The last operational U.S. West Coast lightship, the Columbia WLV-604, is on the National Register of Historic Places and has many a guided tour. Registrations have come in so far from 36 countries in this annual fun event. The USA is in the lead with 53, including 14 first-time registrations, ahead of Germany 52 and Australia 51. There are simple guidelines and registration available online for the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, August 16 and 17. See the website illw.net. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Send your name to the asteroid Bennu. NASA is inviting people from around the world to submit their names to be etched on a microchip aboard a spacecraft headed to the asteroid Bennu in 2016. The messages to Bennu microchip will travel to the asteroids aboard the Origin Spectral Interpretation Resource Identification Security Regolith Explorer or OSIS Iris Rex spacecraft and the robotic mission will spend more than two years at the asteroid which has a width of approximately 500 metres. The spacecraft will collect a sample of Bennu's surface and return it to Earth in a return capsule. The deadline to submit names online is September 30th, 2014, and participants who submit their names to the Messages to Bennu campaign will be able to print a certificate of appreciation to document their involvement. Participants who follow or like the mission on Facebook will receive updates on the location of their names in space from launch time until the asteroid samples return to Earth in 2023. Possible ISS voice contacts on the ARRL field day this weekend. Current discussions between the ARIS team and NASA suggest the possibility of voice contacts with the International Space Station during Saturday's ARRL Field Day activities this coming weekend. 
Astronaut Wiseman said that he is willing to try and work some stations on Saturday under the call sign NAYSS. Should Alex Gerst also participate, then he would use the call sign DP0ISS. If voice operation does occur, it will likely take place from the Columbus module using the uplink frequency of 144.49 MHz and 145.800 MHz downlink. And if Russian crews participate, they would be directed to use 437.550 MHz. For any contacts, they'll use the call sign RS0ISS. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Medical. MIT perfects cheap, accurate through-wall movement and heartbeat detection with Wi-Fi. MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory, after using humble Wi-Fi 33 waves to sense movement behind a wall, has now improved its technology to the point that it can remotely, from behind a wall, in another room, it can detect heart rate and respiration. MIT has successfully used this technology to non-invasively check a sleeping baby's breathing and pulse, and even to track the breathing of two adults simultaneously. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The Wyson New South Wales 2014 AGM has been, and with the following office bearers, have been appointed. The President, Steve Hainman, VK2BOS. The Vice President, John Harper, VK2LJ. And the Secretary, Steve Dykeman, VK2MCA. Emergency communications by hams praised. The role of radio amateurs in one of Canada's greatest natural disasters, the Alberta floods last year, has been honoured, and Thailand's worst flooding in 2011 was recalled as the famed HS0AC amateur radio station is restored. In June of 2013, the town of High River experienced its greatest natural disaster when the river overflowed, destroying businesses, destroying homes, infrastructure and lives. The Foothills Amateur Radio Club and radio amateurs across the region responded working closely with hospitals and emergency and support services to augment or replace communications that had been damaged or destroyed in their torrent. On the first anniversary of the disasters, officials, the clubs and the Radio Amateurs of Canada gathered to honour 59 Radio Amateurs who were involved with the presentation of certificates, letters of thanks and formal acknowledgements. Meanwhile, the Radio Amateurs of Thailand, RAST, remembered the 2011 flood that killed 800 people, affected nearly 14 million and disrupted the economy as it completed the HS0 AC amateur radio station at the Asian Institute of Technology. During the flood, Thai radio amateurs stepped in to help with both emergency communications and handout supplies, working with the Ministry of Public Health as they saved almost 1,000 lives. Among the areas inundated was the RAST facility. Now with the help of professionals, the repair and refurbishment work of HS0AC under the guidance of RAST President Jack Hentongam, HS1FVL, is now complete. Look out for a big HS0AC signal during special event activities and contests and RAST, a member of Society of the IARU Region 3, is expected to be particularly active during its 50th anniversary this year. Well, that's all I have for you. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. D-Day. Did anybody notice what happened last Thursday, the 26th of June? The, the sky, sky fell in. in. 
There was thunder and lightning all over the land. Dark clouds filled the sky, and when they parted, a bright light shone through, and an enormous letter D appeared, seemingly chiselled from some out-of-this-world substance. Yes, folks, the first digital edition of our radio magazine, the July 2014 issue, was released for download on the WIA website. The world will never be the same again. Well, at least the world of amateur radio as we know it in Australia. This is VK2 Zellerate for VK1 WIA News. Well, just about time where we remind you to walk softly. It is the end of WIA News for another week. On the social scene in July in VK4, July 27, it's the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society's 11am social at the Logan Central Gardens, whilst on July 19, it's the Caboolture Radio Club's Hamfest at the Scout Ground in Smith's Road. Also July 19 in VK3, it's Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. And July 12 to 13 in VK3, it's Gippstech, the conference for Gippstech 2013. Now is the time to register. You only have a few days left to register for the 2013 edition of Gippstech. This technical conference discusses weak signal communications, especially on the VHF, UHF and microwave bands, held at the Churchill campus of Federation University Australia. The event presents opportunities to learn more about your hobby and to interact with around 100 like-minded amateurs. Bring your partner as well. We run a social partners tour which visits sites of interest in the local region, with participants having a major role in determining their itinerary. Everyone gathers for a conference dinner on Saturday night, this year at the well-respected Waratah restaurant in Morwell. If you plan to attend, now is the time to act. Visit the vk3bez.org website and complete your registration form. Registrations close this Friday, July 4. This is Peter, VK3PF, for the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club, for WIA News. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.